Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 305. I have this calling. I've always wanted to do it, and I will do it now. Nobody can tell me that you cannot pursue makeup as a career. Attention, gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there. How are you doing today? We've just come out of a full week of focusing all on love. Valentine's Day being yesterday. The cards, flowers, candy, hugs, all the special ways we show love to each other. And I want to keep that going. Why shouldn't we? I have two episodes coming up focusing on self-love because I know you'll agree with me. We give love to others far more than we do to ourselves. And if we aren't feeling our best self, valued and loved, we aren't showing up that way in the world either. Today is going to be fun. I have Beverly here to talk with us about makeup. Yep, you heard me right. Maybe you're saying, uh, Sue, (laughs) this is a podcast about business development, not beauty. And you're right. But let's all be honest here, just between us girls. We care about how we show up and how we look. Are you not going live on Facebook because you're worried about how you look? Do you spend extra time getting ready in the morning on the days when you know you have a Zoom call or you're going to be out in public versus when you're at home alone? Are you observing fashion trends to make sure you're in style? Of course you do. So do I. Point made. Because no matter what we say, how we feel about how we look matters. So right now, you're going to be treated to a professional makeup discussion and demonstration. Plus, and I can't even believe I did this, Beverly got me to share my morning makeup routine. How could I say no? We were recording. I bet you'll learn some things about your routine that can use improving, just like I did. All towards the goal not to be more beautiful for others, but to feel our beauty from the inside so we can show up as our amazing best selves. Today, we are doing something very special and a little bit different. I can't wait to introduce you to Beverly Elichuko of Makeup by Beverly. Beverly is a professional makeup artist, beauty expert, and educator specializing in beauty and bridal makeup. To her, makeup is not only art, but also a way to express yourself creatively, be it to show off your personality or otherwise. She operates her business from a place of love and passion, empowering women by teaching them, both online and in person, how to enhance their beautiful features and how to achieve a flawless makeup application. And heads up, we have some tips coming for you. Beverly lives in the UK and is the proud mom of two beautiful girls. And did you note I had to say it her way? Proud mom. I just love that, Beverly. (laughs) Welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. 
Oh, hi, Sue. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I am so excited. And I just have to say really quickly right here, Beverly and I met through Clubhouse. And I know we've been bringing this up a little bit. I've been bringing it up, Beverly, in my Facebook group, Gift Biz Breeze. And we also did a podcast on it a couple of weeks ago. But here's a perfect example. How would you and I have ever connected if it wasn't for Clubhouse? I don't think we ever would have. I know, right? We wouldn't have, honestly. It's a great place to connect. Absolutely. So before we dive in any further, I want to have you do something for us, Beverly, that's become a tradition here on the show, and that is to describe yourself by way of a motivational candle. So if you were to just close your eyes and imagine a candle that looks everything you, what would it be? Ooh, okay. So I actually thought about this. My favorite candle, obviously, is a Yankee cupcake, a vanilla cupcake candle. So I love the, first of all, obviously, is the color, which is more of a creamy cream color. But also, it's the scent. It's that hint of lemon in it that gives you that zesty feeling and the buttery eyes, which is quite uplifting. So yes, that would be, in terms of the candle itself and the color, but then what quotes will I have on that? I would have to go with one of my favorite quotes from Steve Jobs. And I'm going with this because it resonates with me. And that quote says, your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you will know when you find it. Honestly, this is just powerful. And it literally moves me every time I hear it. So yeah, that would be the quote I'll have on my candle. Oh my gosh, I have chills over here. <laughs> so that's not nice because it's cold here in Chicago. <laughs> no. But it's so true. I love that. And I love Steve Jobs quotes anyway. And they're all the more special now that they're limited since we can't get any more. I know. I think specifically for people who are listening to Beverly is that there are so many people out there who make something and they love doing it and they keep thinking about maybe monetizing it and they're hesitant to do so and mm -hmm. they're at a nine to five that they need to do for money and maybe they even like it, but there's just something else, some other inner desire that they have that they mm -hmm. want to act on. And that's what kept coming up to me as you were reading that. Yes. And you know what, Sue? I'm actually in that space as well that you just described. Um, it's all about doing the nine to five. You just have to keep the family going, don't you? But there's something in there that you know this is your calling. This is what you're meant to be doing. But opportunities around you may not give you the chance to do it just yet. But don't give up. Just keep going until you're able to achieve that. Or get started in a little way. Maybe it's even just yes. research or seeing what you would do, like even developing the plan so that when the time does become available, here's the first steps that I would do. So you're kind of starting to work, but you're not really going all in yet. That's so true. Lots of different ways. I mean, I was just on, speaking of Clubhouse, <laughs> I actually was hosting a room and the mm. conversation led to 
this wasn't the room that you were in with me, I don't think. But the conversation led to, should you just jump in two feet, cold water, quit your job and just dive right in? Or should you ramp it up gradually? And there were several of us who had different views on that. And so we did some conversation back and forth of the pros and cons. And I don't think there's one right way. I think it's based on your personality, your situation, what your comfort level is. Like there's so many things. So there isn't one way or another. The point is if you have that in you, that you should at some point or start working large or small and start bringing it out. Exactly. I think another thing as well is just surrounding yourself with people that would motivate you, that will inspire you to keep going. Because there are people around us who they are probably working towards their wants and they haven't gotten there yet. There are things that we could learn from them, tips of how, okay, how did you manage to take these little steps and what has it led to? So those people would encourage us. They would uplift us. They want to see us win. So I would definitely encourage surrounding yourself with people that would encourage you to achieve those goals if you really have it in you to do. Yes, I love that. We're so affected by those that we surround ourselves with, for sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about how you got started. What led you on this path to where you are today? I guess my love for makeup, it all starts with makeup, doesn't it? Because that's where my love is. Um, it started from an early age, to be honest, when I would watch my mom. By the way, my mom is such a beautiful woman, as in inside out. So she would wear her makeup, but she wears it very subtle. You can see that she has something on, but not overly done. And that is where my love for flawless, like natural makeup developed. And I remember uh, always... <laughs> Sneaking into her room to grab some makeup and then to put on. And one day she actually caught me in action and she said, what are you doing? And now, Sue, this is an African home background. So with you don't touch your parents' stuff. And then so she was like, what are you doing in my room? And I went, oh, I'm so sorry. I just wanted to put some makeup on. She was she flipped she wasn't having it with me because her baby's growing up I know exactly (laughs) (laughs) but she doesn't want that she doesn't want me to draw that attention because I loved the way I felt after applying the makeup I loved the way I looked so everything I thought oh my goodness so makeup can actually make you look prettier so yeah that was where the love started and like I said my mom inspired me but then getting into adulthood now I wasn't allowed to pursue that because that love was strong then but I wasn't allowed to pursue that because it wasn't seen as a career so I had to go into university I actually studied computer science education but I hated it so only when I became a mom have my own family. I thought I have this calling. I've always wanted to do it and I will do it. Now, nobody can tell me that you cannot pursue makeup as a career. That was how I started. I actually dipped into Mary Kay Cosmetics. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with that. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners here are, or they've at least heard of it. Yes. Yes. So I started that. I was introduced. I started as an independent beauty consultant with them. And that was fine. I did it for a couple of years. 
but I wanted more. And then at a point I said to my husband, I need to go to school for makeup artistry just to improve on my skills and to be able to serve people better because I think quality of work makes a huge difference. So because with Mary Kay, it's more of the selling of the makeup. They don't really teach you those skills for you to become a professional makeup artist. Right, because their focus is you selling their product. And now you're thinking, how am I going to build this around a business, possibly my own makeup even, right? That's it, exactly. Yeah, so even though I'm doing that, but I'm still looking at opportunities for me to grow um, in my own field, not just selling someone else's products, because eventually a long-term goal is to own mine. So that was how I went into a beauty school, did a course on makeup artistry, and that was quite good. It was a six-month program that I did. It wasn't easy during the time because commuting, I lived in a different state. So commuting to where I do the course, I would usually spend a weekend there. And I had my little girl, She was just about six months then. So I had to take her with me and my husband sometimes come with me. So, but it was worth it in the end. So that goes to show sometimes you have to make yourself uncomfortable, but as long as you are focused, you know what you want, go for it. So I did that, finished that course, was good. And I managed to get some jobs with it, working on makeup counters. But then it comes back again, doesn't it, to selling other people's products. And I'm quite good at it. But then just as time goes on, I said to myself, I need to do better. I need to do more towards me, towards serving myself and serving people who I'm called to serve. And um, yeah, so freelancing now, I had to pick up on that. And it's been going well. Wonderful. I love the whole evolution. And I don't think that it's bad that you saw the industry from different angles, like selling Mary Kay for a while, and then Mm -hmm. even working behind the counters, because you're getting information about the industry that I'm sure there are tips and things and just knowledge that you don't even yet pull up. But just at some point in time, you'll be like, I remember something that happened. And so it'll be applicable. Absolutely. So Beverly, share with us today what you're offering out to the world in terms of beauty, where you're sitting right today. Okay, so currently I'm sitting on still empowering women, which is one of my values, one of the values of my business, empowering women. And the best way I know to do it at this moment is to teach them how to. So once you teach someone, they are able to go ahead and do it by themselves and not having to rely on someone else to do it for them. So having said that, I run online classes um, to teach everyday women how to do her own makeup and do that flawlessly. And so I have step-by-step guide on how um, that's how my classes are positioned. I love what you talk about with empowering women. That is amazing because I think so many times, and I actually have a niece who is very into makeup artistry, and she's focused on wanting to be a makeup artist to the stars. That's her goal. So Mm -hmm. with that, it's the beauty or maybe makeup that's going to fit a role or those exotic, like making someone to look like a lion or, you know, whatever it is. You've niched yourself into a different area, which is makeup 
to empower women. And when you were talking earlier about when you snuck into your mom's room, that's so fun. (laughs) And when you wear makeup, how you feel beautiful outside, which also helps you act more confidently from the inside. Exactly. And so that's what you're all about. That's like the niche within the industry, if you will, that you're claiming, which is fabulous. This makes sense because here people will go to makeup counters and there's the chairs there. This is maybe even what you were doing where you sit down and someone will show you how to use the product. It's all still focused on selling the product, right? And then they'll put it on you and then they'll give you some tips for application. So face-to-face, that makes sense. And so you do that with people too not at a makeup counter, but yourself. But then talk about how you made this transition and what you were doing to take it online. And the reason why I want to dive into this in particular is there are a lot of makers who are listening here who crochet or do bead work or whatever craft it is. And there is potential for everybody to take what they know in their own way with their own little tips and tricks and bring it online in some type of a training like you're talking about. So let's dive into that. So where did you get the idea to do this? So the idea actually came from, I guess, with COVID hitting everyone really bad. And um, yeah, so I thought if I can't physically serve women who I know need this, how can I? So it's about exploring what other ways can I do that? So obviously going online, going virtual is one of those ways that I'm able to reach women. And so it's not just women in the UK, it's women across the globe. So it's knowing that there are women out there that you can serve, even though they are not in the same circle as you, even though they are not in the same area as you going online, reaching out to those people online, finding those ideas and ways to connect with other people who you can serve, who will take value from whatever you're offering, but connecting with them online. That was what moved me to want to take my business online. And I have to tell you, it has been so good. And obviously, there are different ways that through Instagram posts, through very recently Clubhouse, but also just doing live, connecting with like-minded people or women outside my circle has helped me to push that out there and also to be able to make those connections. I would 100% encourage anyone who can. And sometimes there are certain challenges that could come with it. If you're not comfortable with online uh, virtual classes, you have to show yourself. Some people are not comfortable bringing themselves out in that way. It takes a bit of practice. It takes a bit of nudging. But if it's there in you, try. Just look for opportunities, explore, and do little things that would take you up there. Okay, this is a huge obstacle with our listeners. So this is going (laughs) to be really helpful. All right. So you developed a program. So before you went live, you thought about, well, how am I going to do this? What are the classes going to look like? How am I going to conduct all of that? So you knew what you were talking about when you actually went live, right? Yes. Share with us a little bit about that structure. How do you conduct your classes? Do you have a certain number of people and are you over Zoom or how do your online classes work? So my online classes, I would usually advertise on Instagram and Facebook. 
another tip as well, Sue, that I would give to your listeners is try to make connections on Facebook with groups like moms groups or other groups that you feel that you fit into that you want to associate yourself with. Become a member of that group and get involved in conversations with different people in the group, with different posts that people make. And it boosts your confidence. You make connections. You also then want to eventually put yourself out there by telling them what you offer. But then going back to your question in terms of my setup for my classes is, yes, I do it over Zoom. I do get connections from, like I said, doing lives and then getting people to know what exactly I do and how I do it. I advertise through Instagram and then get people to book themselves in for the class. So they pay to be in and then once they've paid, then they get a Zoom link so that they can join the class at whatever time it's structured for. How big are your classes? So the first class that I did was um, last month. So I told you this is something that I'm getting into. So the first class that I did was last month, and I had 20 women join, paid for the class. Wow. Yeah, so 14 made into the class, but six couldn't. But the good thing about that was, yes, they paid, they couldn't make the class for some reason or the other, but they didn't miss out much because they get replay from the class. They also get goodies that I offered in the class. And there were a few other bonuses that I added in terms of quick shots tutorials, for example, how to fill in your brows or how to get that really gorgeous eye makeup look. So I included them as bonuses in the class. So those people that unfortunately couldn't attend because of work, they still got all those things. But most importantly was the replay from the masterclass. That's such a great model because first off, you're overcoming an objection that if people aren't able to be available at the time that the class is going on, they still get the information. So that means they still become your student. So that's perfect. And it's scalable because you had 21 people for the first class. You may have 221 for the next classes, but it doesn't take any more of your time to do. No, it doesn't. That's the thing, because I have my structure that I follow. So each class is different. So currently, I have another class that I'm promoting, which will be this coming Sunday. And it's for busy moms, busy moms who have probably five to 10 minutes to get themselves face on in the morning, and they don't have any more than that. So I've structured that class to fulfill what those busy moms are looking for. Whereas my previous class was about achieving a flawless natural makeup look. So I have to tailor my classes to different groups, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think some of those subjects will resonate with different people. Yes. And some of them will resonate with everybody, right? That's true. Yeah. So even though probably some of the techniques might be a little bit the same, you're approaching it with different messaging. Okay, so now I want to get back to the live. So now we understand a little bit more. So before you went live, you obviously knew what the title was, what the purpose and the intent of the class was, and you had your time set. So you know things to talk about then, obviously. So then share with us a little bit about how you overcame any concern, uncomfort, or whatever you want to tell us about live. Again, Beverly, because I'm trying to get more and more people to go live. And maybe you'll say something that I haven't to those few people out there who now, after they hear from you, they'll go live. 
So share with us your experience and how you get yourself to do that. All right. So first of all, I will start with limiting belief about myself. So when I was planning this class, I was excited, but I was thinking, you know, that's little thing behind here telling you, who do you think you are that someone would pay so, so, so amount to want to listen to you? We all have it in us. There's this little thing that keeps telling you, no, you can't do it. You can't achieve this. So it was there, but I was pushing through. I told myself, even if I'm able to sell just one ticket for this class, I have conquered that limiting belief. So to me, at that stage, it wasn't even about the numbers. It was about challenging myself and getting the job done. Just doing it. Just going live. Yes, just do it. If you do it, then the rest will be history. And look at me. My daughter was so proud of me because I have a 18-year-old <laughs> girl. Aww. And she was encouraging me. Even my husband, the same. She said to me, Mommy, you can do this. Mommy, you can do this. And the day I made a post on Instagram about this, I switched my phone off. Do you know why? why? Because I don't want to open my phone and no one has liked that picture or even made a comment. <laughs> <laughs> So when I switched my phone back on in the morning, oh my goodness, Sue, the love I received. People were reposting my masterclass. People were commenting. And I said to myself, you did it. Even if you don't make any sale, even if it's just one ticket, you did it. It's a big win for me. So yes, the number of people that bought wasn't what I expected it would be, to be honest. But every win is a win. Yeah. And it was your first one. And this is repeatable. You can run the same class that you did with 21 students again. And as your reputation builds, as other people take other classes, it's only going to continue to grow. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All of this is just so, so great. Another thing as well, which I would say is a limiting belief. And I know that some women go through this is going on video. So I don't like going on video. You mean recorded video that then you can place anywhere you want. That's what you mean by video, right? Yes. Not live, but behind the scenes recorded that you can upload places. Is that what you mean? Both. Okay. As long as I'm in that clip and I'm talking, I don't like it, but I also had to overcome it. And how I did that was by gently getting myself into it. I will be in my little room here. I will make some videos. I will watch them. I will delete. I will watch and delete. Up to the point, I said to myself, no, you can't continue to do this. So I started recording. And if you look through my Instagram, I'm happy to take pictures and posts. That's fine. But videos is just not my thing. Only recently, and it was when I was planning the masterclass that I decided I'm going to go for this. I'm going to start making little clips of videos. So that was the first video I made. I think it's somewhere in December, if you look through my Instagram post. I just pulled up my phone right now. I'm going to go look. (laughs) And so your Instagram feed is gorgeous, by the way. Thank you. I've looked at it already before this, but did you see a difference with the engagement when you had video versus just the posts? 100%. And some of my clients, they said, oh, we would love seeing these types of videos. And it made me feel really good. I think sometimes it's just in my head. 
So when I was able to get out of my head to think of the people that I'm serving, that made a huge difference. It's no longer about me. Yes, I might be the person in the video, but it's not about who I am serving. And those are the people that you want to reach. Those are the people that you want to impress. But one tip I learned is to be myself. Yes. Not comparing myself to anybody else. Couldn't agree with you more. And oh my gosh, like Beverly, you're rocking it here because you're also doing reels. Yeah. You're doing static posts. You're doing carousel posts. You're doing TV, I guess, live and reels. Yes. <laughs> you went from, oh my gosh, I'm concerned to like fireworks. Yes. <laughs> and it's little steps. I tell you. Two years ago last year, you wouldn't get me doing all this. No, I can't. I feel very awkward doing it. But now I'm like, yes, let's do it. Why not? Oh, my gosh. We've opened the gates on you. That is for (laughs) sure. (laughs) So, you guys, her Instagram, you know all the links and everything are in the show notes. But if you want to pull up your phone while you're listening to this or jump over to Instagram... It's makeupby.beverly. Okay, so that's the handle. <laughs> like, okay, I'm done talking with you. I'm going to go look at all of these. <laughs> so I think this will be a good place for us to transition because, Gift Biz listeners, I have a really big surprise for you. I asked Beverly if she would do a little bit of just audio makeup coaching for us, and she agreed. So we are going to talk through, and Beverly, I think you probably have a way you want to approach this, but she is going to share with us some tips and tricks that we can use. You just heard her talking about live and how great it has become for her. Maybe we all just need a little bit more confidence in our appearance, which will help us perform better and do lives, which can be so game-changing for our, our businesses. We're going to pause here really quickly to hear from our sponsor. And then after that, I'm opening the door for you. Please come on in to our virtual makeup counter. Sit right down and get ready for your own individual, with all of us here doing this together, makeup application session from Beverly. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or find packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. I was thinking, obviously, I will talk a little bit about trying to choose for yourself a perfect base, especially when it comes to foundation. So my masterclass that I did last month was I developed a five-step process of how to achieve a flawless natural makeup. And I'm going to go through each of those process and I'll try and be as brief as possible. First of all is 
skin, I can't emphasize this enough. Skin is the most important step um, to achieve a really good flawless base. And why do I say so? It's because your skin, obviously, that's where you're placing the product. So think of it this way. Before you layer on anything on top of a playing ground, you have to make sure that the surface is as smooth as a baby bomb. Mm-hmm. So you need mm-hmm. to make sure that it's well plumped and very smooth when you touch it. So the best way to do that is to use a good moisturizer. So some women I know, unfortunately, skip that process because probably they don't have time to start off. But you will see a huge difference in the appearance of your skin. So literally massage your face cream. There's a thing about this. You can layer on with other products underneath, something like a serum or anything else that you use underneath before your face cream. But if you are not into all that, if you don't have the time, just go with your moisturizer. Literally walk that moisturizer into your skin. Some of my videos on my Instagram, if you want to have a look, I actually show a trick on how to do that. So really walk into your skin. What that process does for you is that it triggers the collagen boost on your skin. So it makes your skin look really nice, plump for anything else to go on top of it. It brings out the natural essence and natural oil on your face. Okay, I have a question on that. So I've always heard that when you are touching your face, you want to be as gentle as possible so that Mm -hmm. you don't pull on your skin that will then down the road create wrinkles. What do you say about that? I don't believe that because now when I say you walk it into your skin, I don't mean like really strong motion. On my page, if you can have a look, there's a process. I think it was in my latest IGTV, the second to the last one. So have a look, there's a system that I use in walking that product up. What you're doing is that you're lifting the contours of the face. So you are not dragging anything at all. It's only when you are dragging the skin down, that is when what Sue just says uh, comes to be true. The only, the most delicate part of the skin on the face is underneath the eye. And you wouldn't need to touch those areas. But when you are putting eye cream on, just using your ring finger, apply it very delicately around your eye area. But any other part of the face, you need to walk the products into your skin. Okay, perfect. I'm looking at your IGTVs right now. Would it be my complexion routine tutorial? That's it, yes. Because you may do some more IGTVs before this episode airs. So that's the one you guys want to go to look at. My complexion routine tutorial. Yes. And I'll probably do a skin routine. Actually, I will target on skin routine so that it's specific to what I'm talking about. All right. So we've got our moisturizer and I already know I don't use enough. I try to, I don't want to say I skimp, but I don't want my skin to look oily either. So I'm feeling like I need to do use more moisturizer. (laughs) I think it's a really good point that you brought out too, because that's another thing that puts people off using moisturizers. So now, depending on your skin type, so we have different skin types. We have oily, dry, a combination of oily and dry, and we have normal. So I'm just going to talk about oily and dry skin. So if you have oily skin, look for moisturizers that is oil-free. 
or have less oil in them. So it's more of the hydration. It's more of the extra benefits that you get for your skin. So that is what you want to look for. But look for oil control moisturizers because there's a lot out there. Secondly, if you have dry skin, you look for rich moisturizers that would hydrate as well as moisturize your skin. So whatever skin type you find yourself in, there is a face cream or moisturizer for you. Perfect. All right. Wonderful. I just made this longer than you were saying. I'll be nice and short and succinct. And I just made this way longer (laughs) by accident. But if I have questions, I just might pop in. I might not be able to resist myself. No worries. The next step, of course, would be to prime and then to lay your base. With some foundations, some heavy foundations, heavy coverage foundations, you may not necessarily need to prime. But if it's a matte finish foundation, then I would say, please do prime and also use good moisturizer underneath because that will keep your skin hydrated for you through the day. But if you have dry skin, I would 100% encourage to prime with a glowy primer because that will stop the foundation breaking on your skin. But it will also give you that nice glow. And when it comes to foundation application, this is so important. For everybody's makeup style is different, but for the style that I'm promoting, which is a flawless natural base, a little bit of foundation goes a long way. You don't have to use the whole bottle of foundation for you to get a flawless base. I would say if you have problematic skin, concentrate on the areas that you feel that needs correcting or you need to build on. Those are the areas and leave the areas that you feel that doesn't really have much in terms of what you needed to do for you. Just work with what you have. For people who have pretty okay skin, very good skin, less is more as well. Always start from the middle of the face, which is around the nose and walk your way outward. You will now find that you may not necessarily to apply everywhere on the face. So target on the areas that are problematic, put more products on those areas and use less products outside those areas. And always use your concealer after your foundation. And I will tell you why I recommend this, because if you go with concealer first, all you see is just all the imperfections. And then you try to layer and cover all the imperfections with concealer before you now go with the foundation. You are literally kicking your skin up. The best way to do it, get your base right, apply foundation on the areas that you need foundation. Now go in with your concealer on targeted areas. Okay, perfect. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. I do have some other questions, but for sake of being able to get everything in, I'm not going to ask all of them. (laughs) I'm only (laughs) going to ask some. Are you still going to be talking about foundation or are you going to be moving on? Because I have a foundation question, but you might already be planning to answer it. So tell me, go ahead and ask. So you know how you'll see people who clearly have foundation because you see the line under their chin and it's a different color with their face than their neck? Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) How do you make sure that by accident, like I'm not doing that because I can't always see in the mirror properly. Like, what do we do about that? That is cringeworthy to me. And I think to you too, based on your reaction. Oh my goodness. Yes, it is. 
Okay, so how do I start this up? The most important thing with foundation is to pick your right shade. And by your right shade, I mean when you're going to buy foundation, please be specific in terms of what you are looking for. Some people do wear tan all year long. If you do that, please tell whoever is serving you to give you a foundation to match for when you wear tan. And if possible, I will say, please, however, if you do wear tan when you are going for your consultation so that they can match you right, always match your foundation to your neck. Some people, their face is actually fairer than their neck. So if that is your case, make sure that you get a darker shade of foundation so it matches to the neck. Oh, interesting. And I'd always heard to match it to the inside of your wrist. No. Oh. Because who sees your wrist? I know there are people, maybe this is an old directive that definitely I heard tons of people say. And that's what you do like when you go up to make a counter. Sometimes they'll make you put it on the inside of your wrist. At least they do in the States. I will give you a little tip about the wrist. The one about the wrist. I'll give you a little tip about that. But in terms of always match to your neck, because just like Sue, you mentioned earlier, you don't want to have a dark face and a light neck, or you don't want to have a dark neck and a light face. You don't want that. You always want to match to what the color of your neck is. That is why when you go to a makeup counter, always have them match it to your jaw area because that is it's very close to your neck so that color there is what they should match you perfect that's great advice okay now you were saying something about the wrist the tip i have about the wrist is this when you look at your wrist you will see your vein coming through what color is that so if it's blue it means that you're a cool undertone all right Mm-hmm. If it is green, mine is green, it means that I'm a warm undertone, warm golden undertone. But if it's purple or some people have a combination of green and blue, so they can't really tell, it means that you fall under the neutral category. So that would be the only time you can make reference to using wrist to match the foundation, not for you to put the foundation on the wrist and then that, no, I don't agree with that. Okay, so Beverly... Everybody right now while they're listening is looking at their wrist. (laughs) You know it. You so know it. Like if you could imagine when people are listening, how could you not pull up your wrist to see? (laughs) I know. (laughs) So I think I'm a blue green, actually. I thought I was going to say blue, but then when you said the green part, I think I have both. Yeah. So that means that you fall under the neutral category. Now, different brands have different ways of um, naming their foundation numbers. So it's about knowing, obviously, I work with a brand that I can tell you completely exactly how it works for them, but I can't say for other brands. So the best thing is because your audience is quite varied. So the best thing is when you go to match yourself on a makeup counter, just have that thing in mind about matching to your neck but also checking the color of the wrist. That will empower you. So when I talk about empowerment, I'm telling you, it's about you knowing what you are or what you want and bringing it to them as well. I love that. And, you know, if you know that you're 
more on the cool side, then at least you know the section to start looking in and then you dive directly into that for the exact match versus having the whole range of options available. Yes, definitely. Oh, this is so great, Beverly. (laughs) I'm really enjoying this. Okay, we've gotten so much already. I have no idea what's coming. (laughs) Let's keep going. This is so great. Okay, what's the third point? So the third point is contour and highlight. Now, this scares some people. And it scares them because when they see very young people on Instagram with this really nice contoured face, and they think that this is just not for me. This is for young people. Absolutely. It's for everyone. It's just knowing how to do it, knowing what products to use. Now, when it comes to contouring, you have cream products to contour. You also have powder products to contour, which is your bronzer and your highlight. So for people starting off who doesn't know what to do, I would say just start off with powder products to contour. Get your bronzer and your highlight. So the bronzer definitely warms the face and it adds structure back to the face. So think of the number three and do that on your face. So it's more of starting from your forehead. As I'm talking, I feel like I'm actually demonstrating my hand is already on my forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and we're right there with you. I'm closing my eyes. I'm right there with you. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Great. So starting from your forehead, so very close to your hairline in a circular motion, and I'm talking about the bronzer now, in a circular motion, apply that product So thinking of the number three from the forehead down to the cheek area and then down again to the jawline. Okay, so number three and then down to. So in a circular motion, very close to your hairline, apply your bronzer product. So that gives structure and gives warmth to your skin. And when you are choosing your bronzer, please choose at most two shades darker than your skin. At most. I would usually recommend to keep it quite natural, just a shade darker than your skin. But if you want to make it a bit more pronounced, two shades darker. Otherwise, anything outside that will make the person look like a clown. And you don't want that. And for me, it's all about looking very classy, looking very flawless. Right. You have put bronzer on, but no one's going to see that because when it all comes together, it's just all the layering, right? I know nothing about bronzer. Is this in the video too, the bronzer portion? Yes. So it's in another video that I saw. See, like you're literally giving me content to do now. So I'm going to focus and do on all those things. So yes, I'm going to do, first of all, just a skincare one. And then secondly, in terms of your base, but it's in the video. Yes. And then with your highlight, the highlight goes on top of the cheekbone. So it's also in the video that I uploaded as well. So just on top of the cheekbone, you can either use your finger or a brush and just to tap it in and blend it out. It's absolutely gorgeous. It just lifts everything. It just gives your face a lift. Okay. I don't use contour or highlighter. Okay. Okay. So this is going to be fun because I'm learning something new. But here's a question I've always had about makeup. Yes. With the layers, like when you do your foundation and now you're talking about the number three, I totally understand what you're talking about with that. But like, isn't one, when you overlay one on top of another, isn't that 
hiding the other portion. Like when you put the contour on, you no longer <laughs> see the foundation. Oh, no, Sue. It's honestly, it enhances it. Do you know why? Because when you have your foundation on, it's just one color that you can see, which is your normal skin color. But when you now add bronzer, you are now adding structure back on your skin. And with that, I mean, the bronzer gives you that nice sun-kissed look. And it also gives definition on the areas that you've actually applied it. So it gives definition around the forehead, down the cheek area, and also depending, which is something that is quite complex, and I'm not going to speak on it at this time, depending on the shape of your face. My face personally is rounded. And I always use the bronzer to give it a bit of chiseled look, <laughs> if that's a word. Okay, so I'm looking at your face on Instagram now. I'm pulling up one of the pictures and okay. <laughs> making sure that I can see it. Because in the end, you really can't see the three because you blend it all in. It's all about the blending, Sue. Yeah, okay, all right, okay. All right, I'm going to let you continue carrying on. I'm learning. I'm going to definitely have to watch some of these videos or take one of your classes. It's all about the blending, isn't it? And that's why I said earlier in the beginning, less is more. Mm -hmm. If you use little of everything, when you put everything together, you won't actually necessarily see where one started and where it ended. Because it's all a unit now, instead of different fragments. You shouldn't see it, because we're going after the natural look. Yes, exactly. Perfect. So now, just going back slightly, I know I mentioned it, so I have to speak on it a little bit. Because I mentioned you use, there are two types of contouring, the cream one and the powder. So I went straight into the powder. But for the cream one, if you want a bit more pronounced look, then the cream is always better to use immediately after foundation, blend it out, and then layer it with the powder one, which is the bronzer. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Great. And it's also in the video that I did. So the next thing in my five-step process is your brows, sculpting your brows. So to the brow to me is what gives you that nice facial framework. It defines your face. So a good brow walk, you can actually, personally, I can just do brow and I will happily go anywhere I want to go because it gives structure and framework to the face. So I always do this in class, but I also try to make short tutorials so that people can practice and work on achieving that really good result for the brows. It's about filling the sparse areas on the brow and also just following the natural line that your brow has and not doing anything extra that to get a fuller or bigger brows. It's not necessary. So if you have naturally full brows, just comb it through with a brow gel for everything to stay in place and to give it a nice shape. But if you don't have naturally full brows, you can still fill in your brows very gently. It's about that gentle motion of applying your brow product. And not going overboard with it. I have a video on YouTube about that, how to do brows, but it's also one of the bonuses that I offer for my classes, getting the perfect brow. And then lastly, which is not really lastly, but it's about the finishing look, isn't it? So 
It has to do with your eyes. It has to do with the lips. So some people are quite easy, just a bit of lip gloss, they are good to go. And some like the idea of defining their lip with pencil and then filling it in with lipstick and a gloss. So whatever the person's preference is, it's fine. But it's also knowing what sort of color to go with, maybe the dress that you're wearing or your hair color. Because when it comes to color, there are different shades to it. So say, for example, red, there are different shades to red. So the red that will suit you may not necessarily suit me. So there is bluey red and there is more orangey red. So it's about picking out, but I need to see the person to be able to pick out what shade of red would actually work best for you. So those are the things that one of the benefits as well, I guess, in attending the class. So it helps. And then the eyes. Oh, my God, I love doing eyes as well. Simple, a bit more dramatic, whatever your preference is. But I always go for the simple, um, nice eyes. And with eyes as well, it depends on your eye shape. One of the questions I get a lot about eyes, eye makeup is the feline flick. Do you know it, Sue? Yeah, I do. But why don't you describe it just in case some of our listeners don't? Great. It's an extension using pencil to extend the outer corner of the eyes. So some people struggle with that. They may not necessarily get it perfect, but also it depends on what their eye shape is. They feel that it's not for them. It literally is for everyone. It's just knowing how to do it. And the best tip that I would give in order to achieve, get a really nice extension on the outside corner of the eye is to look in the mirror with your pencil gently from the bottom of the eyes sketch out that line don't be heavy-handed with it be very soft-handed sketch out the line first and then make a connection from the top from the edge outside the corner and then connect to the top okay that makes sense I'm also thinking that point five, like the eyes and the lips, this is where you make your adjustments if you're going into an evening look versus a day look. Yes. You change it out there. Everything else stays pretty much the same, maybe a little heavier on the contour or highlight, perhaps, if you're going into nighttime and you want to be dramatic. Would that be right to say? You are 100% right, yes. Okay. What about... Any makeup adjustments if you're going to be live, for example? Should you do something different then? If you're going to be live, I would say wear something that you will be comfortable because you want to be yourself. If wearing less will make you comfortable, please do it. If wearing more will make you comfortable, please do it. It's about, to me, that's just my answer to the question. It's about what makes you comfortable. Okay. You know, years back, I was in a group where we mm-hmm. had professional makeup artists come in to do pictures of us if we had public appearances. Like, we always had to have our hair and makeup done by people. We were never allowed to do it ourselves. And they threw so much makeup on me. It felt <laughs> so uncomfortable and so un natural. Oh my days. And at first it was fun, but later it was terrible because like, first of all, it took forever to get off. It didn't feel good. Like I felt like my skin couldn't even breathe. Breathe. Yeah. Like I felt weighted down by it. And I looked at myself. I'm like, you know, this isn't even me. 
So I totally can relate to what you're talking about there for sure. Yeah. So I have a couple more questions really quickly that I want to ask you. But what kind of adjustments should we be making as we get older with our makeup routines and maybe how much makeup we apply? What advice do you have as we add on our years? Oh, so the best advice is less is more. Because from my experience of working on a makeup counter, I have some gorgeous, beautiful, matured ladies come in and they just want to look themselves. They just want to look beautiful without caking themselves up. So the best thing I would do, like I said initially, is let them work on the skin, just getting the skin right. Once you get the skin right, use less of foundation. If you need concealer on any area, apply a little bit of concealer on that area. Less is more. They may not necessarily have to use a bronzer if it's not in their routine. I would recommend it, but it's not a must. For me, a must in makeup for, I would say, probably more matured ladies is skincare, really nice soft base, set with powder to make sure that it lasts you all day because you don't have time to be touching up all the time. And then just put some really good mascara to open up the eyes, some nice lip gloss, and that's it. Oh, before I forget, some maybe a blusher, just a flush of color on the cheek because you don't want to look in um, all down. So that gives a nice lift on the cheek, blusher. I would highly recommend blusher. Okay, perfect. I'm a do it in the morning and that's it, girl. (laughs) Whatever happens in the morning, I don't even give it another thought. (laughs) What do you normally do? Tell me, Sue. Let me ask you the question now. Tell me, what's your routine? (laughs) Oh, I'm being put on the spot. Okay, so here's what I do. I first put on my foundation. And while we were talking, I did a little bit see that video. I didn't look at all of it. I just wanted to see a little bit of how you put on the moisturizer. I do the moisturizer. I need to do more. I'm sure of that. And so I'll do that. Then I do my eyes. (laughs) Okay. Because then I'm letting my moisturizer sink into my skin. And so with my eyes, I do foundation and then just a regular eyeshadow routine that I've been doing for years. I have like three or four different colors. I do the same thing every time. I love it because it's easy and fast. I know what I'm doing. I could probably have an update there. But anyway, so that's what I do. Then I come back to my face and I put primer on and then my foundation and no bronzer or anything. I'm not like a dewy. I like a matte look, not the dewy look. So I put my foundation on. Then I put my blush on. Then I put powder all over because I feel like the powder also helps blend everything. So there's no lines. And then I put my my mascara on last, and then I turn off that makeup mirror, and I move on. (laughs) That's my honest-to-God thing. (laughs) I love that. And how long does that take you, Sue? About seven minutes. (laughs) Oh, look, I'm telling you, that is exactly what I'm talking about. But you know what? As long as you're happy with that, and it does the job for you, to me, it's all about comfort. You're comfortable, Sue. That's all that counts. Yeah, but I think I need to add some brows. I'm actually looking at my Gift Biz podcast logo (laughs) so you guys could see it. I have like no brows there. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm always willing to do new things. And sometimes maybe you spend a little bit more time if it's nighttime. 
I mean, all those things. But I can't believe you got that out of me. (laughs) (laughs) After we get off, you might say, okay, Sue, we need to talk. (laughs) Okay, a couple other questions. Do you have any additional guidance if you're light-skinned versus dark-skinned? Is there anything we should look out for if we're either of those ranges? Oh, that's a good one. So with foundation, not necessarily just about matching to your right shade. For skin care, we all need to take good care of the skin. So whatever you find works really good for your skin. In terms of other aspects of makeup, I would probably say for deeper skin, we tend to warm towards deeper colors because they bring out our features more. For Caucasian skin, softer colors complements both the eyes, their hair, and I guess the overall look. So it's all in colors to play with. But having said that, all colors can go for everyone. It's just as deeper skin tones, lighter colors doesn't really flatter them. That makes sense. And some of the really fun, bright colors that I'll see would look terrible on me. That's true. So that's great advice. That's just perfect. Yeah. Makeup in general is the same for everyone. It doesn't necessarily matter. But I think the problem is in terms of color choosing the right shade for different people yeah right okay so now we all need to think about our routines maybe make some adjustments definitely watch your videos for sure this has been amazing i wasn't expecting it to be as great as it's been this has been so much fun and selfishly i've gotten a little bit of a coaching but you pulled it out of me too thank you so much So thank you. I so appreciate it. So you're relatively new at what you're doing. You're not new with your experience, but you're new with how you're bringing this online, which is so, so exciting. So we all have to go and follow your growth because you're seeing success right out of the shoot, which is so great. And you're in an industry that we can all use because when we're now doing lives and all of that, we need that confidence. We need to be empowered. So I'm going to come back and be watching your things over and over again. Please do. Because I don't know what magic you yet have to reveal that we don't know yet. (laughs) But besides expanding on all of this, do you have anything else in the works? Yes. So I know it's came up earlier, which I slightly said not yet. Yes, I would. It's what I'm walking towards. It may not necessarily happen immediately, but I plan, I dream, and I believe it will happen soon, to own my makeup brand at some point in the near future. Your very own makeup brand. My very own makeup brand with my signature. I love it. (laughs) With my signature style, yes. You know, I see that as such a compliment because you could say, while you're doing your videos, I'm using this color stream with Mm -hmm. this color, this color, this color. So you're saying specifically which ones. Now you're probably doing all that already, but with someone else's brand, right? Yes. So now you'd have your very own and who knows like if it's going to be eyeshadows or lotions or I don't know what you're going to do. Whatever I start off with, I promise you, Sue, it will be very good. No question about that. You are quality all the way. I knew that right from the beginning. Like the second we were talking on Clubhouse. (laughs) 
we could talk forever, Beverly, but I suppose I should let you go and let everybody who's listening move on with their day as well. But once again, thank you, thank you so much for coming on, sharing so many tips. This is not anything we've ever done on the show before, but we talk a lot about live. So it's so compatible to making all of our lovely ladies out there feel more confident, be empowered to share their messages with the world. So Beverly, thank you again so much. Oh, thank you so much. Honestly, you brought out the thing in me that I I didn't know I have. You've got it. (laughs) You don't know how I panicked like minutes before this and then you literally made me feel so comfortable. And I want us to continue, please. (laughs) (laughs) We will. Maybe we'll have to have a sequel now or you never know. Definitely. Oh, thank you so much. Wasn't this just the best? Did you learn some new techniques? Definitely go back and check out Beverly's videos on YouTube and Instagram to see more. Maybe even take one of her classes. Hmm. Maybe she'll give away a free class next year as one of our prizes for National Bakers Crafters Makers Day. Shh, I didn't just say that. It's really just between us. I don't want to put her on the spot or anything, but I'm making a note. Okay. So in the beginning, I told you that I have two days for you on self-love. This one, of course, was about being our most beautiful selves and how our looks affect how we show up. Next week, we'll be talking about our words. How we communicate verbally also affects our business. This is probably a more obvious connection. What words should you use for the most impact? And how do you find those words specifically related to you and your product? Make sure to tune in next week to learn all about that. By the time we're done, you're going to be showing up as your most beautiful, confident self. As always, thanks so much for spending time with me today. If you'd like to show support for the podcast, please leave a rating and review. That means so much and helps the show get seen by more makers. So it's a great way to pay it forward. If you're not sure how to do that, just jump over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash review. And now be safe and well, and I'll see you again next week on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.